guys, before we get started today, wanted to let you know about a new podcast. You already know about it because you listened to this one. Dominique Foxworth was on this show every Tuesday, has his own show. It is the Dominique Foxworth Show. You can check it out twice a week. He is bringing his unique perspectives on football, the personalities around it, anything else he finds interesting. Um, you know Dominique. You know how brilliant he is. Download, subscribe, make the right choice. Listen wherever you get your pods. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks Nike should be running the Patriots instead of Bill Belichick. Actually, you might think that too, Bill, because, uh, well, that, How dare the, you. The, the vibes are not great. Um, that's Bill Simmons, a different Bill, first time guest, longtime friend of the show. Thank you for doing this. I was always available. You just never asked. <laughs> Well, I, I wanted to build up enough appearances to make it like an even trade in terms of value. And I think at this point, I've probably got like 20, 20, 30 ringer, random ringer things that I've done. Truly some really random ones. Point. Yeah. But um, no, I, I appreciate you doing this, especially coming off of a difficult offseason for your pats. Mm. Um, wow, you just I, went right to it. I, actually, well, I sent you a list of games I want to talk about. This is, by the way, the first yeah. biweekly Thursday episode. My show just expanded to two days a week. First episode Congrats. of the Dominic Foxworth. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so I figured I had to bring in the big guns for this show. And I, th- like, there's really a lot of good games this week. And it was kind of hard for me to pick the ones I wanted to talk about. Um, but I sent you six. And we're going to get through them. And the first one is Patriots Dolphins. I feel like if I had brought this to you two months ago, you would have been, like, extremely confident. What's your panic status right now? I went into the summer thinking we were going to go 11 and 6. And now that we're in September, I'm thinking we're going to go 7 and 10. So that's my panic. 7 and 10. Yeah. I'm really, I really try to be a homer, especially with Belichick, where it just benefited (laughs) the doubt, trust the infrastructure, overlook the warts, overlook the bad signs, and just trust the moments over the past 20 plus years, like when they waved Laura Malloy right before the season, yeah. he got killed by the bills. And then it's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It, it's not fine. <laughs> this isn't fine. And I am concerned. There's two things that worry me that one is that they just had a few bad drafts in a row. And at some point, if you're going from 2016 to 2019, just whiffing on drafts or just not, coming up with the right people in the drafts it, it's just there's no way it's not going to come back to haunt you and then the other thing is the salary cap stuff and spending that much money on wide receivers and tight ends but not having a number one wide receiver tight end that's an issue and then we don't have an offensive coordinator yeah we should start there because that's I think the biggest cause for concern and I feel like we in the tech industry have spent all summer trying to rationalize it like oh maybe Bill Belichick's galaxy brain. Maybe this is a ruse. Maybe he's actually calling the shots. Maybe he's going to bring in someone at the last minute, like Bill O'Brien. But no, it really is. This is how they're doing it. And for me, it's especially concerning because, and this is the thing, the thing that kind of crept up on everyone. It wasn't just the fact that there were, it was unclear who's calling the shots. And then if it is one of either Matt Patricia or Joe Judge calling the shots, nobody feels great about that. But if it was the same offense, I think, 
people would feel better about it. But then, you know, I want to say about a month ago when everyone kind of caught wind of the fact that they were sort of transitioning to more of this Shanahan zone scheme, it just seems like, okay, so you're doing that, not sure that you have the personnel for it. And you also kind of figured out what Mac Jones was good at last year. So why are you doing it? And then why are you doing it with these coaches? Like none of it really makes sense to me. My son's playing high school football right now and they have an offensive coordinator on his team. And this this offensive coordinator we have who's really good, he has a bunch of plays. He thinks about the players he has. He figures out a scheme for each week. He studies the defense. This is like high school. This is like, <laughs> you know, mid-level, lower-level California high school. And I've just never – I like, if this was another team doing this, I would think this was the funniest thing ever. Like, if <laughs> Urban Meyer did this last year, and he's just like, I'm throwing away the position. Or if – Pete Carroll in Seattle was like, you know what? We've had kind of some mixed luck with our OCs. Just getting rid of it. Just going to have, you know, my former defensive coordinator from a few years ago. He's going to call the plays now. It doesn't really matter. I just refuse to believe that offensive coordinator doesn't matter in the NFL. It's like when in basketball in the NFL, when the coach also becomes the GM and it's like, it'll be great. Their philosophies are aligned because it's the same guy. And then two years later, it's like, that wasn't great. Those are two different jobs. So uh, yeah. I, I don't know how we escape from this with me feeling good about it, Mina. I mean, you felt good about Mac, obviously, coming off of last season. And I think yeah. that to kind of go back to the scheme stuff, like I think we kind of all figured out what worked with him, right? Sort of, obviously, the Patriots have a very, um, a very successful power running game and they've got two backs who I think are both very good and Damien Harris and Ramondre Stevenson didn't really work it out with the tight ends last year. But... Um, you know, as the season went on and they kind of opened things up and spread it out and it looked a little bit more like college for Mac Jones and he looked more comfortable. I thought, okay, this is, they're going to keep going in this direction next year. Get a guy who, get a receiver who can spread things out for him too. And that'll, you know, make things a lot easier. So I guess. Well, we had that guy. He got hurt. Yeah. My guy Thornton. Thornton. That was, that was going to be, if we had him, I'd feel a little bit better about this because he, he was, I think had a chance to be special. He looked really and good in that one preseason he, appearance. Just the whole every day it was like you know this. You read the, you re, you you know how to read between the lines with the pieces, with the sound bites, with the people who were at the practices, and he was like a ten out of ten with the feedback that he was getting. So now it's like they they don't really have a special skill position guy, other than maybe Ramondre might have it in him. I don't know. The lines, okay, pretty good. It's not like outstanding, but I think it's good. But they were really good but, at the thing they did. Right. Like, why? why, why I, I, don't, I, I don't understand it either. I was psyched for, for Mac. Mac, you know, you always talk about, like, the, the bingo card of coming into camp where it's, like, better shape, best shape of my life, going to be more of a leader, <laughs> the, just really carrying himself differently. So he was hitting all those points. And then, unfortunately, like, everybody who followed this team day after day who went to the practices and the – in scrimmages, anything, they were like, wow, the Pats look really sloppy. They look disjointed. And then you think, well, it'll look better in the preseason games. Nope, did not look better in the preseason games. And now the season's starting. So, yeah, I'm a little worried. I think if they had a – if I felt confident that the defense would be as good as last – I'm really piling it on. I'm sorry. I should have left this for the end. No, I'm ready like for mood. it. You've been – okay. Um, if I felt as good about the defense that I did the last – as I had last year and or I guess the last few years, I think I'd, I would be less worried about the offense, get, you know, taking some time to kind of figure things out. But 
I look at this defense too, and there there's talent. Certainly, you know, I love Barmore. I think Judon's great. Um, I think they're going to be younger. They're obviously going to be faster. Be hard not to be faster than some of the players they had last year. Uh, yeah. I like the safeties, but this is one of the weakest cornerback groups in the NFL, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's like a team building, team building one on one in the NFL. I don't know if the the Chargers have become a sexy and seductive Super Bowl pick for people who aren't mm. drinking the Bills Kool-Aid and doing shots of it and pouring it all over their body, which is most of the media. Um, the Chargers, the way they built their team is the way I would build the team. And I think how you would build the team if you're running a team where it's like, what are the most important positions on a football team? Mm. Hmm. Quarterback, receiver, left tackle, uh, at least one edge rusher who can really make an impact. And then can we cover... And that's it. That's, those are the five things I care about. And the teams that put their money, I, I feel the same way about Tennessee, where you look at Tennessee's team, and their best players are like their running back to their safeties. The only one who's like a, a traditional team-building guy is Simmons. But I don't like having my best players in positions that don't ultimately matter that much, you know? And, and I, I don't think the problem for the Pats, among all the other problems we mentioned, is – who are like the great players? Who are the guys that have a chance to like make an all pro team? And Judon, who made it last year, who was really good for the first two thirds of the year, but I didn't personally think he was an all pro. And if you're comparing him against other edge rushers, I, I certainly don't think he's in like the top level or anything like that. Other than that, it's like Matthew Slater makes it for special teams. <laughs> you but I don't bar- even know Barmore. who my next. I think Barmore, Barmore but could, I, I don't. Could be a pro bowler. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If we were saying maybe it's like Barmore, like maybe Ramondre, if they just gave him the job, um, maybe some of the safeties like Adrian Phillips and Duggar, I think are really good safeties, but there's a million good safeties. Yeah. So it's to me, it's just like you, you got to have the blue chippers. You got to have the five or six guys who are just at least in the top seven of their position. And the Dolphins do have a few of those. They um, do. And I guess that's what. So, I mean, forget the Patriots offense. I look at this cornerback group, and then I look at the Dolphins' skill. And, and I'm not all in on the Dolphins' offense yet. I've talked about it a yeah. lot. I want to see how it looks. I want to see um, whether some of those principles from San Francisco translate. In, and, of course, I want to see Tua, which is kind of the question mark. But I just look at the, the speed yeah, they have. <laughs> do you want to see Tua? You should no. You don't want to put any of this out there before Tua – if he outplays Mac in the opener, it's going to haunt you. I, I don't fall like. for PR campaigns, Mina. <laughs> this has been a PR campaign for Tua for six months. And I can, I, the thing is, I don't really have any biases with this stuff. Like I admittedly root against the Lakers. I dislike the Lakers. Um, I really, really hate the Yankees and I will fully admit biases with the Yankees, but I'm also like yeah, I'm a sports fan. I'll admit that Aaron judge is having an awesome year. I'm not going like, no, he's not. It's like, yeah, he's been awesome this year. Um, shouldn't be MVP. with the Miami thing. Well, <laughs> I don't care if two is good or not. I really don't. I don't think the dolphins are like going to steal a super bowl from the Pats. It's going to be five years for the Pats or a super bowl team again. I just don't see it with Tua. I didn't see it last year. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm missing. Well, like Craig Corbeck always calls it like the crazy pills guys. Like, am I taking crazy pills? No. What are, am I missing something here? I just feel like I'm missing it. I think, first of all, I think Dolphins 
Twitter has like bullied the NFL media into being afraid to criticize Tua. Uh, I'm only half joking there, but no, no. I mean, I think like a lot. Uh, I like a lot of people have sort of, I guess, accepted the idea that it's pretty hard to evaluate him based on the last two years because the offensive line was so bad. The problem is, and Dominique and I talked about this, the offensive line isn't that much better. They got Teron Armstead, but the rest of the group is not great. So I think and this is going to be. How many games is he going to play? Is he going to play twelve games? I don't know. Yeah, Armstead, yeah. No, so that, but that's the hope for the Pats in this game. Like, I don't think your cornerbacks can hold up. Certainly going to play a lot less man coverage than they did last year in recent years. But if the pass rush, if Josh Uche takes that leap, if Judon has a big mm. game, if you get interior pressure with Barmore, you can see a world in which they can stay in this just because I think that's probably the biggest advantage they have in this game is the pass rush potentially versus the Dolphins offensive line. You know, I value your friendship for a lot of reasons, but one of the top five is your love for Josh Uche. I just feel like you've been in the front row, front row holding your Uche ticket. (laughs) But but I I can barely—I pronounce his name nine different ways. But uh, I just—I don't know if I see it because they needed him last year, and Barmore I think is a stud. Barmore was one of those guys that we didn't actually understand why he didn't play more last year. I didn't really understand what they were doing with that, but and they have great safeties, so. I, they're going to play weird. They're going to do like four one six and yeah. these weird. I just think my fear is that Belichick's just starting to get weird. It's like near the end of Mad Men when start, Don Draper just started to get weird. And it's like, what's going on with Don Draper? He seems so stable. And oh Belichick's God. like, eh, I'm 72. I'm just going to put my kids in the coaching staff. I'm going to get rid of the offensive coordinator. I'm going to play a four one six. I'm going to spend $72 million on receivers and tight ends and yet not have a number one. And by the way, I support him. He brought us six Super Bowls, nine Super Bowl trips. We win the AFCs for 20 years. Is Josh McDaniel? At some point, everything ends. Megan, in this analogy, like when Megan leaves, is kind of when things went off the rails for Don Draper. Would that? Would you say? Yes, and also Megan was overrated. So it's a great analogy because I think McDaniel's. <laughs> I actually thought he was pretty overrated the last couple of years. How many playoff games and Super Bowls were, did we fall behind by 10 points or just have? Just an impossible time scoring. Who's Benny? I think he's a good coach, but I, you know, his Denver tenure, everybody just kind of glosses over that like it didn't happen. We're, we're oh, well, he had that one bad Denver thing. It's like, well, the Denver thing was a catastrophe, and he drafted Tim Debo in the first round. Let's jump right to that game. Before we, the, the Raiders and the Chargers, before we do, I, are you picking the Dolphins to win? Like, are you really, is so it, he, yeah. Here's why this game is important. Miami, New England. And I, I really, I would probably lean toward Miami, but I just don't trust Tua. I think it's a stay away. I think it's like, I just want to watch the game. There's a possibility the Pats have been rope-a-doping with the preseason. I, I, I don't know. I think it's a stay away. But I think in week one, you have two or three games. We're coming out of the game. You just feel like, okay, now I know where, which pass those teams are going on. And I do feel like this is one of those games. I think Pittsburgh, Cincinnati is another one because I really believe in Cincinnati. But if since I could totally see Pittsburgh, they're six and a half point underdogs at home. And I could just see them. I could see it. I could see, oh my God, Trubisky. Oh, and since he's down and they're doing dumb stuff. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, man, why did I think the Super Bowl hangover didn't exist? So hmm. there's a couple fork in the road games already, which I think makes uh, week one delightful. I was feeling really confident about the Chargers week one. 
Then I saw mm. that J.C. Jackson might not be playing, oh, yeah. and suddenly... No, he's not playing. He's not playing, okay. Yeah. That has shaken me. I... Because my whole thing with the Raiders is I think the offense, even with the offensive line being as much of an issue as it is, and that's really what the Chargers are going to have to, you know, I think exploit here. I think that offense is going to be awesome. I have many questions about the defense. But what about the O-line? You still like the offense with the O-line? The Raiders? You know, I I think that Derek Carr gets rid of the ball. He can get rid of the ball pretty quickly. I think mm. that – I think McDaniels, one thing he will do well um, is find ways – to scheme around them and help Derek Carr. I think they're going to use more play action than they have in recent years, but it's an interesting offense. And this is another one where I really want to see what it looks like on the, on actual film because McDaniels, like it, before they traded for Devonte Adams, you looked at the Raiders' offense and you said, "Oh, okay, I, I see, I see the Patriotsness." He freaking brought the Patriots fullback with him, but you see the run game, you see um the tight ends you see uh, Hunter, uh, Hunter Renfro is basically a Patriots wide receiver you see it and then they trade for Adam and all of a sudden the combination of him Waller and Renfro is not really like anything that the Patriots had um in terms of Agreed. weaponry and so I, I'm, I kind of want to just see what that looks like with Josh McDaniels because I think even with the offensive line it, it should and could be devastating that was part of the criticism with McDaniels the last couple of years is the blueprint really worked with the players they had for a while. I mean, most famously when you have Moss and Welker at the same time, I mean, that's mm. can't top that. And then they have the Gronk and Edelman and they, they're riding that forever, but they're trying to run a lot of the same stuff with people. They didn't have a slot receiver like that anymore last year and their tight ends. Hunter Henry is pretty good last year, but for the most part, um, you know, you're never going to come close to Gronk's the greatest tight end I've ever seen in my life. I think what's interesting about this chargers game, there's, been a couple things that happened. First of all, the the people just penciling in the bills, and now it's like, oh, you just hate Buffalo. It's like I don't, I just hate things that aren't logical. Like there's seven to nine teams that could win the Super Bowl. <sighs> Buffalo is one of them. I saw this thing. Every single person on the NFL Network yeah. show picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. It's like what are what are we doing? Death. So it's like we, it's like they forgot the part that they didn't. Everyone's talking about how good the Bills defense is. It's like they got absolutely annihilated by the Chiefs in the playoffs. They gave up in 13 seconds to close out a game to go to the next round. They blew it. And I, I'm supposed to believe in the Bills' defense, so you have that. And then with the Chargers, I just can't get over how dumb they were last year. And, and people are like, well, they have better players. So it's like, yeah, but they still have a coach that did some of the dumbest crap I've seen Ooh. in five years oh, on top of like – the Chargers baggage. And by the way, their defense sucked. He was supposed to be a defensive girl. Okay. Their defense right. wasn't good. I was so gonna, now it's like Brandon Staley's a Super Bowl coach now? You picked the Chargers. He's the favorite to win coach of the year, I think, last Give I saw. On That's the not um, Cross that bet off. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I, I have to defend the Chargers now. I was actually started this good. by saying I was, I was worried about Go ahead. them. I want to hear Okay. It. First of all, I, I agree with most of Brandon Staley's. Uh, fourth down decisions um I thought oh my god the, this is most of the them were defensible and in fact a ton of them act worked but nobody talks about the ones that work you only talk about the ones that fail they won games go watch the browns is, game because, you're doing nerd 101 now in this oh, that, that, then we're gonna talk about how momentum doesn't matter is that next doesn't matter but um, momentum matters. the defense was they really did not have good players last year i mean especially just the spine of the defense was a problem um, and so I think, you know, I mean, bringing in Khalil Mack, who at least we know is going to be healthy in this game, by the way, it, not only is he add like a, 
I, I always think, I think Joey Bosa has been underrated for a long time, but now that defenses can't just double freaking Joey Bosa constantly, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Sebastian Joseph Day should help with the run defense. Um, and I, I love these safeties. I love the drafting of JT Woods as a third safety. However, yeah. and this is, this is the concern I do have, especially with JC Jackson out, it's actually not a, that deep of a corner group. Um, this is where my preseason knowledge is actually pertinent because the Rams played the Chargers in the preseason. Sante Samuel Jr. was playing in the preseason, and that's not a good thing if you're um, from the Sean McVay school of coaching. And right. I think behind Jackson, there's actually some real question marks. And so when you're going against this Raiders offense, where I think is it, it's just a math problem for defenses. Like you can't, you can no longer double any of these guys that's with the combination of Waller, Adams, and Renfro without, you know, Whoa, and we both love Renfro. For the others. Of course. I mean, he's going to be, if you do that too high stuff against the Raiders, Renfro's just going to eat underneath and just kill you. I, it's beast. Well, especially so with McDaniels, I think, yeah. like, I ran out of money in my fantasy draft last night, and he went for, like, five bucks, and I, like, almost had a stroke. I was, like, I was, like convulsing. It's like, oh, my God, that guy's going to have, like, 110 catches this year. The other piece with the Chargers that do- doesn't get mentioned because people just, they seize on their narratives, and they do the positives when they want their thing, but they, they don't have a home field advantage. Oh. They're the only team in the league that has no fans. They're going to have this Raiders game on Sunday, and... There will be 50,000 Raiders fans there and 15,000 that, Chargers a fans. It is. Okay. So, yeah, the, the Raiders, we both live in L.A. That's a home game. It's it's a Raiders. It's a Raiders town. Um, so, I think the line is like it moved down to three because of the J.C. Jackson injury. I think that line should be a pick them because I think, to me, that's basically a Raiders home okay. game. They're not sleeping in their own locker or staying in their own locker room. But other than that, it's a home game. Here's why I'm still riding with the Chargers in this one. I just talked about the Chargers DBs and some of the issues they have. Yeah, Raiders not The great. Raiders secondary is and then the Chargers offense is sacked and really their only weakness is right tackle, which is I think Trey Pipkins is probably better than, you know, he and Soren Morton were last year and then the rest of the offensive line is now, you know, in place. You got year 3 of Terminator Justin Herbert. I mean, they're going to put up a shit ton of points. So I I, I I have some concerns. I'm not all the way in on the Chargers the way I feel like some are, but I think that offense is just too good. Here's how sad the Chargers thing is in LA. <laughs> I was in Oceanside with my daughter for a soccer tournament. That's Chargers a, town. A, a good analogy be, to yeah. you because former soccer player, Mina Kimes, you, you keep it keep it hidden, but you had a whole Thank like... Appreciate that. We're working on a 30 for 30 about it. <laughs> but we were between games and she wanted a smoothie. So we ended up in some d- dumb mall in Carlsbad. And we're walking through and I saw a kid in a Herbert t-shirt jersey. And I actually noticed the jersey and I'm like, wow, a Herbert t-shirt jersey. I live in LA. That's, yeah. That's it's, a bad is, sign for the Chargers in LA. If I'm noticing the t-shirt jersey of your of your star quarterback... You haven't really hit in the city yet. Can I say, I'm not saying this just because I do the Rams preseason. I have started to see Rams stuff around town. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the, a bandwagon town. Of course you did. And the Super Bowl really did it. But, um, you know, I, or I live on the east side. I, I, I've seen like a couple guys in Donald jerseys walking around. So, Yeah, if you're doing the L.A. athlete power rankings, Donald's definitely, at least in the mix now. Like yeah. I went to a Laker game in February, and he was courtside, and they showed him, and people knew who he was, and they cheered and stuff. They didn't who have you, to like put an idea on him. Who do you think 
on the Rams gets recognized the most? McVay? Donald? Yeah. Stafford? I mean, I, ironically, McVay. McVay. No, McVay. Yeah, right. I don't think most people know what Cup looks like. Do they? The beard helped, I think. Cup's but, like trout. Um, you know, nobody would recognize him if you walked in a restaurant. <laughs> I guess the beard does help a little bit. Herbert's very distinctive, so I feel like... But he, he doesn't ever leave his house, I think, so... <laughs> it's probably I said wrong. this to Sal. We did the pod the other day. If, if, like, Herbert's in Dallas... Oh, man. Or Herbert's on the Bears... Or Herbert's the Eagles quarterback. He's the biggest star in that city. Like, it doesn't matter who what the sport is. I think Romo was the biggest star in Dallas. Herbert was better than Romo. Um, I just, it's it's kind of a bummer for him. I wish they had stayed in San Diego. I don't know how that didn't work out. I, I liked the San Diego Chargers. I thought their name was cool. I liked having a team there. And it just seems effed up that that didn't work out. We did not need two LA NFL teams. We just didn't. I will say... Having spent a bit, of, a little bit of time around Justin Herbert, I think he is thrilled to never be recognized and to live mm. in a city without. Uh, I think being in the, a city like Dallas would probably be his worst nightmare. Um, yeah, it's so, like the most anonymous city, right? You're in LA where there's a million celebrities anyway. You're not even the number one team. You're like the Clippers of the NFL, basically, and you wear a helmet, so half the people don't even know what you look like. I think Stafford gets recognized now purely because of the phone commercial. Commercials, yeah that one you know and you're saying i uh, can find a new plan or whatever um okay yeah. so are you really okay. are you really going with the raiders here before we move on i just like the points yeah mm. uh, especially i like the it's it's three and a half now it's like over plus 150 the money line and i just think there's value especially with no jc jackson i like that piece so i to me that's a either team could win game probably some points really fun can't wait to watch it i don't think we'll come away from that game with any real lessons. But I think like like Carolina Cleveland to me, because I, I just think Brissett is unplayable. I can't believe he's he's going to start 11 games and people are cool with this. And and I actually, Carolina, I said yesterday on my podcast, it. that's my sleeper. So Wait, yeah, I think I heard, we can come out of that game with people like, whoa, Carolina and whoa, Cleveland's terrible. And that could be an outcome. I think Cleveland's defense is too good to for that to be the outcome of that Agreed. particular game. I, 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 I didn't groan like Kevin Clark did when you said Carolina because I can see the path. I think I, yeah. I agreed with a lot of the point. Not all the points you made. The Matt Rule run was not not. Listen, it's, I'm just but. making a case. I'm a political science major. <laughs> At some point, if I'm making a case. But- I'm gonna I, throw some stuff there's in there. players I like there. There's young players on the defense I really like. I like the defensive coordinator too. So. Um, yeah, but that's I'm the thing. You. Every year, it's a team we never would have thought. You know, think like Cincinnati last year. You'd have been laughed off mm. the podcast. Like, oh, my my sleeper is the Bengals. People have been like, what? They can't block. Burrow just come back from an ACL, or what are you smoking? There's no way they're, they're Zach Taylor. Stop it. Okay, well, that's actually a good segue to the next game I want to talk about because yeah, Packers Vikings. Hmm. Game, could, of the, could, game of the day. Could the Vikings be that team? The, not not the team where nobody believes in them, because people believe in them. But I think mo- most people, if you sampled what, what the record prediction would come out at 500 for the Vikings, I don't know what their odds are right now, yeah. but I'm guessing it's around there. They are widely viewed as being fine. Could you see a pathway with Kevin O'Connell coming in you know, making more out of these very good skill players. Suddenly they've got a really good pass rush with Daniel Hunter coming back and Zedarius Smith, new defensive coordinator, some young, interesting rookies. 
for them to being like a not just a surprisingly decent team, but an actual playoff team. I have them in. I to me, I, I could in? barely get the seven NFC teams anyway. Hmm. I have them in, and I didn't even really blink on that one because I thought Zimmer was weekend at Bernie's last year. They're just propping them up. I, that team was really sloppy. They lost stupid games. They seemed like their team chemistry was out the window. They had, you know, Jefferson, who is just so special. Um, and Thielen coming back this year where he went, you know, he got hurt last year. But up by all accounts is like back to 2018 Thielen. The Cook-Madison combo is really nice. And they have now an offensive coach. And I, I just think... I, I spent six bucks on Cousins in my league yesterday, my auction, where he was a $1 guy a year ago. But That's I think pick. he could throw for like 5,000 yards. Yeah. Um, so I just think they're going to score points. They have enough guys on defense that, you know, they'll hang around. They have an unbelievable home field advantage. That's got to be one of their best um, best things. And, you know, the division. I People are trying to pour dirt on the Packers, or at least in some corners. And I'm not ready really? to go there yet. Well, which, I just because they don't have receivers, so I think people mm. are making the leap. Like Minnesota can steal the division. Mm. I think both of those teams are really good. I actually think that's the best division in the NFC. Uh, oh, in the NFC. I mean, I guess depending how you feel about Arizona. Yeah, I feel terrible about Arizona. <laughs> but if you have the Panthers in, shouldn't it be the NFC South because the Bucks and the Saints are both pretty good. I don't love the Saints. Really. I've That's, made this case. Yeah, just the Dennis Allen thing. I'm not by That's there, another one. There's a lot of heat behind the Saints right now, I've noticed. I get it. I don't like it. I got, I'm got. i on the, the network of people who are saying they're going to come out of the NFC, which is, wow. I don't. I, I wouldn't have guessed that with Sean Payton. Do you know what Dennis Allen's career record was as a coach on the Raiders? It's not great. It was 8-28. and 28. <laughs> Jameis, um, I'm going to say, is the classic good stats, bad cute, bad team guy. And you're putting him with Dennis Allen, well, so I'm gonna have to be. People, I'm I'm not writing them off, but I I would have to be. Convinced. People would say that about Kirk Cousins. I think a lot of people. I, hey, I so I love this game. Take I'm, take Lord Stephen Ruiz would tell you that Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins have the same stats, or Danny Kelly. One of them came up with it. Did you see that they had uh, one of the shows, not our shows, one of the Fox shows? Did Stephen Ruiz? Oh yeah. After I texted oh, you and yeah. say, I was saying I, my dream is to get Stephen Reese on first take. It wouldn't be fair because he believes all his takes. He believes no, them, People yeah. wouldn't know what to do. It was like Mad Dog had that take when he said Serena wasn't the GOAT. I was in awe of it. I was like, <laughs> wow, this is like performance art. And he really <laughs> believed it. He genuinely believed her competition wasn't good enough to call her the GOAT. And he did the whole thing. And I was like, Ruiz, amazing. Ruiz not, is doing that twice a week. But he also does the work. Not not to imply yeah. that people don't know, but not only does he have conviction, he has like a actual ton of research. Whatever you yeah. agree with or disagree with the conclusions. Um, okay, but, but the Packers Vikings, I think this is going to be an awesome game. I Me too. there's so many good matchups in this game. You talked about Justin Jefferson, who I if he's not the favorite to win Offensive Player of the Year, I definitely would put him in the top three. Um, everyone's been talking all offseason about him with Kevin O'Connell and the Cooper Cup role, the sort of spacing he's going to get, the matchups. The problem is. Green Bay players Jair Alexander in the slot, slot, come back from injury, and he might be one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. See, I want to see how he looks, you know, fully healthy. That is an incredible matchup. Like that is probably one of my favorite wide receiver corner matchups of the entire weekend. 
not to get too football nerdy, although you love it, this is the podcast to do it, but the Vikings, like, when did they lose Irv Smith? Like, at the end of August? Um, All of a sudden, they just didn't have a tight end? Yeah, it was weird. And then Thielen got hurt up. halfway through the year, and then I think Mike Zimmer, he might have just passed away in week eight. I don't, they were just propping him back up. <laughs> but Irv Smith's back, Thielen, comeback year, and then Jefferson and Chase and Cup, like, this is, we've never... I think Adams is the fourth best receiver in the league. That's one of my hot takes. With because the behind, I have him fourth because I don't like when receivers switch teams. It always makes me nervous. <laughs> it, I think it's a checkered. It's not like basketball where you just go to another team and you continue to average thirty points a game. But he like, gets there's to play all these dynamics. But, but he's always been doubled, and he, he now gets to play with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. He, yeah, and he, Derek Carr, I, who's not Aaron Rodgers. Like there's there's a seesaw with it. I don't know. I. I want to see if I like the other three more. Not to just bounce back to the other game, I do want to see if you know one of the things about Derek Carr that I've liked over the last two years is he be, he's become more, a more aggressive quarterback after being a checkdown Charlie early in his career, yeah. getting a ton of flack for it. Suddenly he started throwing the ball downfield. You know the rugs thing happened. There's they tried different like Aguilar or whatever. Devonte Adams, who I think is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, That's fine. Wh- what I love about him is he he does everything well. He threatens at all three levels. So I want to see when he's in this offense if Derek will throw to him downfield and he can be that deep threat in addition to doing all the other great things he does. Here's my concern about the Vikings. Wait, I have a a quick question on the Devontae Adams thing before we move on. What else did Cooper Cup have to do to make you think he was the best receiver in the the league? Like, did did he not throw enough wide receiver option passes for you? Or could he have... Should he have caught every single pass on I the think, biggest drive of the year or he, just 90% of them? I think he is what incredible. Else, what was missing? I um, I don't know, beating press outside like Adams does. Um, I mean, his his role is easier than Devontae Adams was. Everybody watching the Packers knew the ball was going to Devontae Adams on every single down. Did like, you watch the Super Bowl? Did you see the fourth quarter? The cup was amazing. the only guy they had. We're they had a... They were bringing ushers in as their third receiver. <laughs> How dare you malign Ben Skoranek? I'm going to malign him. Ben Skoranek. Um, I've never been to a game like that where everybody knew who was getting the ball, and he still got the ball. And I, yeah. admittedly, I haven't been to enough football games, but I've never seen anything like that. We're watching him going like, if they just cover him, they're going to win the Super Bowl, and they couldn't cover him. So he's my number one. Sorry. I'm worried about the Vikings offensive line in this game because I think the, mm. I've been really high in the Packers defense all offseason. I think they're going to be really special. I think they have one of the best secondaries in football. Um, I think up front, I'm maybe the world's biggest Kenny Clark fan. And I think some of the additions they've made on the defensive line are going to open things up for him. He gets double teamed a ton. And boy, I just don't love, I mean, this has been a perpetual issue for Minnesota, right? The offensive line. And I just don't, Maybe Christian Darasaw takes a lead, but like just, you know, that interior has been such a problem for so long and I just don't really see how it's better. Here's my prediction. If they win this game, I think they're going to be undefeated heading into week eight at Buffalo, Green Bay. Who they got? Because you go through there at Minnesota, home Chicago, at Tampa, New England, New York Giants, New York Jets, all home, at Washington, and then at Buffalo week eight. Yeah. So if they win this, I think they're seven and zero. And I think they're the best, they're the safest bet for the NFC pick. Really? Like if you're, yeah, like gun to your head, you have to, your life depends on it. They're the safest pick because the only thing you would say against them would be, I'm worried about the receivers. I don't know. But 
there's you can see the roadmap where they just they ride the Jones Dillon combo, which is an amazing running back combo. Yeah. Right. So much flexibility. Those guys can catch out of the backfield. They can block. And I don't know. You can. It's Rodgers. Yeah. So no, no. I mean, the safest I, think, bet. I think they'll be fine. I don't think they're as good as the Bucks. Personally, we're going to talk about in a second. But I, I well, the, the Bucks. I mean, <laughs> when, are, when are we having that conversation? <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Come back and talk about Bucks Cowboys. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Why are you hating on the Bucks? Who are my pick to represent the NFC in the, in the Super Bowl? Besides very, bit, bitter bitterness. and No bitterness. I bet on them and rode them to Super Bowl victory and won money and rooted for Brady out of respect and deference. Okay. I just think his offseason was too weird for me. It was just too weird, and it, it can't be explained away. It was a series of bizarre events that culminated in him leaving the preseason for 11 days. He can just I, left. Can he I, was gone. Can I open the kimono a little bit and tell my listeners about your texting style without giving away uh, sure. too much? That's I fine. think I'm on like seven different group texts with you about this Tom Brady offseason because you're constantly starting ones with new different people on the group text. I just put in one name and whoever, no, my texting style is I put in somebody's name and whoever pops up next to them, that's who I text it to. There's no rhyme or reason to it. You're like, a, it's like a coach who's like just throwing out different lineups constantly to see if they click. And sometimes, and some of these groups will, sometimes the text will go for like a day and fizzle out, but then a new one pops up. I'll be like, oh, there's, there's Mallory. There's Juliet. Yeah. Oh, wow. Kevin Clark's on this one. Wow, Sean Fantasy appearance. You know, it's just... Uh, well, I so, know if it's Tom Brady, I know you and Mallory are going to care the most. We have... Okay, so I say this to, to just say, we have many, many group texts about the Tom Brady offseason story, and I don't think we can talk about it at all beyond saying that, because... Um, well, it's, 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 it's... He's like a... Not a football player at this point. He's like, he's the, just, like a yeah. celebrity. It's like there's... Following Tom Brady in the offseason is no different than following Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh and Shia LaBeouf and that whole thing. There's no difference at all. It's page six. It's du- it du- du- moi. 
it's little weird gossip sites but and rumors been, and you don't know what's real. Before we get to the actual football, he's been dealing with weird shit his whole, he's been a celebrity for, he was a celebrity in New England for years of, of a similar scale. Uh, Seth Wickersham's book has a great section about this, about Tom Brady like becoming a celebrity and kind of how weird that was for him at first with uh, Moynihan, all the, you know, celebrity wives he's had and i don't know i'm just not worried about it maybe if it was any other quarterback um where i i an off season might actually matter i would be concerned but i just don't i, I mean the, the offensive I, line thing is the is the is where we should probably start with this um because that well, is, how about chris godwin when when is he gonna be 100 percent? what week will that be i'm not too concerned about that because they're so deep at wide receiver i'm i'm russell gage hive and Oh, stop it. I think, I think he should be a number – he would be a number two in most offenses. And so for him to – if he has to rise up to that role in this one, I think he's fine. Um, That's an if. It's an if. We have multiple ifs with the Bucks. We have if Russell Gage can be Chris Godwin, if their offensive line can hold up, if this whole Tom Brady thing isn't super weird, if Tom Brady doesn't look like he's a 45-year-old. If the new coach, if the transition's great for that. No, I think it will be. I, I'm not as worried, not worried about, about that. Because yeah. I thought Arians was like a caretaker last year. Um, I really like their yeah. defense. I think their defense is weirdly the key to whatever ceiling they have. Because well, they just have a shitload of talent. And, uh, and I so, like their D. Uh, you should have saved the weekend's, weekend of Bernie's analogy for Arians instead of Zimmer. I feel like. That well, that's the thing. Like, he, went on, he went on first take. And it was one of those, it was like two weeks ago, and it was like one of those, oh. I can see why Brady was like, hey, can we get can we get a, somebody else in here? The, he looked like he had just come off the golf course, which I think was his coaching style. <laughs> like, all right. It was like those Clint Eastwood stories when he would try to get the, the shooting day wrapped up by 3 o'clock so he could get 9 in at the end of the day. Um. So I and I actually like Bowles. I think Bowles deserved a second chance. So I'm that part I'm not as worried about, but the other stuff, yes. Um, I think the offense is going to be fine. I think Tom Brady's pre-snap brilliance and the fact that he gets the ball out so quickly. Last year, second quickest behind Roethlisberger, which mm. nobody would will ever has probably no one will ever touch Roethlisberger's release again in football forever <laughs> well he just didn't want to get hit does that even <laughs> i was thinking he should be disqualified yeah. yeah but um so so i think he can do a lot to mitigate the the offensive line issues however i do question whether they can be as explosive with those issues uh just because yeah. tom brady incredibly was still throwing the ball downfield i mean he, what we thought was the last big deep pass of his career you remember over jalen ramsey was incredible um, yeah. So I, I guess my only my question with the offensive line is, can they hold up long enough for him to do that this year? Because um, they should be an explosive offense. They should have a good run game. And I agree with you. I think the defense should be good. And I think they're, you know, it's, we're talking about the Bucks offensive line. Dallas is the bigger issue. Uh, in terms oh, of, yeah. I mean, that is. This should be a win for Tampa. But you look at the first four at Dallas, at New Orleans, home Green Bay, home Kansas City. Like It's tough. It feels like two and two would almost be a victory coming out of that, but you don't want one and three or oh and four. I think they caught Dallas on the absolute perfect week, though. Where are you on Dallas generally? Do you like? Are you, um, do you think it's just over? No shot. I'm running in the other direction, like I'm in the movie Twister, and I see the tornado, and I'm just sprinting. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's next to me. That's where I am. I didn't like them two months ago. 
before the Tyron Smith injury. Yeah, that's like I didn't love their offensive line anyway. It was fine, and he was mm. the best part of it. Mm. But now it's like Jesus. Mm. And as you know, I'm not a giant Dak fan, even though he seems like a nice guy. I just I re- think that's re- another PR campaign. Your your website guy. Your website's quarterback rankings have him over Lamar Jackson. That was one of the spicier rankings. Um, you know, I sometimes am- Ruiz has to explore the studio space <laughs> and do and solo. <laughs> um, I-, I didn't agree with that one. I would have Lamar over Dak every time. I would have Lamar over Dak. I, I, I agree with you there. I, but I actually, I do like Dak a lot. I think last year, um, the, you know, after he comes out guns blazing beginning first half of the season, you remember the first six of the season, he was being talked about as an MVP. The offense looked yeah. unstoppable. And then last year when he came, comes back from the ankle injury, was it calf? Calf, not ankle. Um, he just didn't look like himself for a number of reasons. So I think full off season to get healthy. I think mentally everything is there. I just, um, you know, no Tyron He's Smith, fine. no Gallup in this one. I've lost a lot of faith having to be a CD lamb having to be a number one receiver with defenses just weren't no I I know he's talented but it's a slightly different role than the role he was in last year um do you think this Bucks defense is going to be as good as they were last season I think they're gonna be better really I like their defense yeah I did my stupid player evaluation thing that I told you about I had them with oh, like yes. five. Oh, yes. You showed me your, you had a like a ranking system. Yeah. I had them with five like elite or close to elite guys they do have a out lot of 11. Players. That's pretty good. You get to five on a defense. Not to mention like um, if they if they can get lucky with anybody they drafted from the last draft or the draft before. That's the tough part when you're trying to figure out a season. Yeah. Like the Bears look like an absolute no. disaster, yeah. but they have like a bunch of young guys. Who knows? Maybe they'll be friskier than you think. Let's talk about them next. But before, before I, the Bucks, I think, I think they're going to win this game. But if we're talking about them versus the Packers, the Rams, in that upper, I, I do think they need a guy like Joe Tryanchienka to take the leap. To your point about the young guys, mm. you know, they have Logan Hall, who I really liked. Um, they need the second. The secondary should be healthier than they were last season. Knock on wood. But as far as this game goes, like. I've, I, I'm really disturbed by all the run the ball talk coming out of Dallas, and I'm I'd be especially disturbed if they try it in this game. You don't run on the Bucks, like don't don't do it. Like, what are you, so it's I don't know. I I, I you, are you buying Rashad White stock for the Bucks? Yes, He's got a little fantasy fantasy sleeper buzz. How about Tony Pollard catching passes in this one? That's what I, that's what I want to see early on against this team because we've had we've seen teams have some success against them with a good screen game and you're they really seem like they're big they they're like held hostage by Elliot. Where, and then to the point yeah. that people now they down Pollard because then then they have the argument about well the reason he looks so good is he's not playing every down. He it's was, like all right, well, all I can but, I I can't change my eyes. He just looks better on the television than Elliot does. There really is people underrating the NFL how much draft status just changes the way players are treated for the rest of their career. And yeah. it really feels like the Dallas brass just never want to admit that they're wrong or that for not just the draft status, obviously the contract as well. They will do whatever it takes to justify it. I do think I will say Elliot is a better player than the one we saw last year. So if he's healthy, I well, he's think. hurt last year. Yeah. And, and then, but the problem is the offensive line. So I don't know. I don't feel great about them. Um, I, one of my talents, I don't even know if this is a talent, whatever it is, but <laughs> I just, I'm just have a really good hit rate on running backs. Do you? And like the guy in Houston Pierce, 
That oh guy is going to be unbelievable this season. Like, it, And I know it's preseason, but you can just tell. Certain guys just move differently. That guy's going to be a beast. I think Damian Harris would have been a beast for the Pats, and then he had a concussion. Now I'm wondering about him physically. Um, but, but Pierce, man. Um, and I don't see it with Elliott at all. When you see him run, it just feels like it's going to be four yards. He's either going to go out of bounds or fall down. I love Pierce. I was so excited to watch him in the preseason in our game, and then they didn't play him, which shows how much uh, they like him. I know, yeah. but I love the way he runs. It, it it's I wouldn't compare it to Le'Veon, but there's like a patience and vision with the cuts that is just so enticing. However, I don't know if that offensive line is going to be good. In, like, I, I've, I've been so tempted to overdraft him in, like, a lot of leagues. But then I look mm. at the Texans' offensive line, and I'm like, ooh, is it going to be as good in the regular season when they're going against real defenses? I don't know. I'm nervous about it. But I do love Yeah, him. with running backs, you think, like, like, you said patience, right? He's got patience, but he's moving fast. Yeah. Which is a tough combo, and it's like, I am both being patient, but I'm also moving at, like, a 4-7. Um, that, and then sometimes when they have that opening and they're just through it, which is what Harris has, which is why I haven't given up on him yet. He would mm -hmm. just, he would always get the most amount of yards on each run. Um, there's a couple other ones. I think the running backs are really deep this year and you know, I'm, the Buffalo situation will be interesting to see who emerges from that. Cause they said Singletary was starting, but well, they're, you know, well, cook gives them some extra stuff too. They're also going to be like, you know, like, um, using more of a zone scheme this year. And I think that's yeah. going to help some of those backs. Singletary in particular, I think is just kind of better suited for that. Um, so you're out on Dallas too? I'm not. I, 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 God, the Smith thing really kills me. We didn't even talk about the Dallas defense, which I, I know everyone's the regression and the mm. turnovers and all of that. But I, I will say, I think the pass rush still be, should be good. And... Dan Quinton really proved me wrong last year with the flexibility and what he was able to do with that defense. Um, so I have faith in him as well that I don't think I would have had necessarily before last offseason. But they're just – I think they're I'm still going to be fine. Oh, you're <laughs> just totally out. I'm out. Just the I regression? I don't know if I had them as one of my seven playoff teams. I think I bumped them. I got to figure out the final Even list before tonight, the Smith yeah. thing? No, Smith thing, I, I – I couldn't figure out the seventh team, and that's how I, I talked myself into Carolina. They just have such an easy schedule, Bill. I mean, I get it. They don't have a lot of talent, though. Well, speaking of not a lot point. of talent, holy yeah. shit, the Chicago Bears. Oh, my God. They really need to hit on the, some of those undrafted free agents. They have so, undrafted free agents starting linebacker, right? It's brutal. The roster yeah, is brutal. So, um, I mean, I talked about Worst skill position guys in the league. Forget the skill position. This week, you have Nick Bosa and the front of death versus oh, Braxton Jones, Larry Borum. Riley Reef didn't get the starting job on this team. Um, mm. I, it's, it should be a bloodbath. I, I do think the Niners, you know, there's some issues. There are already injuries. Safety oh, yeah. position is a problem. But this is not the team where you're going to worry about it. I was dying to tease them. In week one, in a tease for the people listening who don't know, which most of them probably know, but you can move the line six points, but both teams have to win. And I was like, I, I just, I can't wait to bet against the Bears every week. This is going to be great. Oh, you can tease the Niners down under a field goal even better. And I just couldn't get there. I don't, I want to see Lance. I didn't, 
hmm. that the when they brought back Jimmy G, that really got me nervous. I don't know why they did that unless they didn't believe in Lance. I thought that was really weird. I thought it was weird got, too, and it, I don't understand people pretending it's not weird. It is like it's weird. This is a very you thing to say, but it's like if you know a couple who's in an open marriage, and they're like, it's fine, everybody does it, it works all the time, and you know, like, no, it's not, some, some listeners can be mad at me for kink shaming them or whatever, but it's not normal. It's not normal. <laughs> kink shaming. I was going to use a different <laughs> analogy. I was going to say, you're married. If you, if you got engaged to your husband, and his old girlfriend just still lived there, and she's like, That's, it's great, she pays the rent, I saw, and it's, you'll, you'll like her. I saw a Reddit post about this exact thing once. You know when people are, am I the asshole or whatever on Reddit? Somebody had had that exact scenario that you're oh, describing. Seriously? And literally everybody was like, this is the craziest thing ever. And look. Well, the the Pats did it last year, right? They got Cam the F out of there. Yes. Like, that's You have to go. Because they wanted to. We have to give team to Mac. And you know why they did it? It wasn't because they thought Cam Newton was a better quarterback than Mac Jones. It was the force of his personality. It was how yes. beloved he was. And you got people saying, well, Jimmy Grapple, he's a locker room guy. Everyone loves him. Exactly. Everybody yeah, loves him, him there. Everybody loves him. He has him. to go. The, the one thing working for Trey is the, they've got a really soft beginning. Uh, I think they have the Jets in week two. I'm not a spitballing here. But I, I, no, that's I bear, would be it's really nervous if he was coming out with a very difficult schedule. Because if he has two bad games, the calls are going to be so loud. I... I I, I was shocked. I thought I was. A, I thought Jimmy G was going to Pittsburgh or Seattle. Oh yeah, and it seemed Pittsburgh. like Pittsburgh and Seattle were were slow playing. Well, they didn't name a starter until yesterday. They drafted a quarterback in the first round. That's fine, but if they have a pretty Cleveland good team, was the like, one I thought. I thought Cleveland would make a play when the Watson suspension came down. Cleveland apparently didn't have league pass last year for some of the Brissett starts. Because he was about the worst quarterback I think I saw last year. He's in the running. If I did the worst quarterback awards, he's he was just really it's, bad. It's but yeah, the, the Lance thing, I just thought, fresh start. This is your team, buddy. Here we go. Yeah. And it's not like that at all. And if anything, I think you're right. If like two weird weeks in a row, and then all of a sudden it'll start. And then it'll be the unnamed source in the Niners locker room. And all that stuff goes. And then people say, well, if if he can't handle that, then he shouldn't be the guy anyways. But I don't agree with that either. Because he's effectively a rookie quarterback. We all know he's one of the most ex inexperienced young quarterbacks to ever start in the NFL. Um, you know, he's it's going to take time. Like, my take on Trey Lance from the beginning, the, before all the J weird Jimmy weirdness, was this off this season, there's going to be ups and downs. But the hope is the defense is so good, and I do believe they're excellent, and the infrastructure around him is so good. Uh, we can talk about that. But that by the time you'll still you know make it to the playoffs, and by the time you get there, he'll have developed. And then the highs will be, which is why you traded for him in the first place, are going to be the thing that puts you over the edge instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah. But that requires patience. Like that whole plan requires, I don't know, a, a – the opportunity to give him some latitude if he has a couple of bad games. And that's just what I'm worried about. Um, I was going to pick them offense. to win the NFC. I was going to pick them to win the NFC for a couple of weeks there in like late July, August, because I thought they had the highest upside because if he came through, then they were the best team, right? If he yes, became 100%. If he totally became agree. at least like 80% where you're hoping, then it's like that's the best team. And now it's like there's no way I would pick them. I don't really? know what's going to happen with them. Just because of the Jimmy? Well, I, I just. 
Yeah, I just don't know what's going to happen. I was so flustered by the by the, by the keeping Jimmy G around thing. I, I still haven't heard an adequate explanation about it because all of a sudden they froze him out. Like if people know what actually happened, right? They were kind of like, hey, they George Costanza him. Go work in your empty yes, office. Yes, that's the and other thing. They did that right? whole thing. A, an, another layer of weirdness to all of this. He hasn't even been around the freaking team all offseason. Yeah. I, I, I'm so you said the crazy pills thing. This is this when this news broke, and a lot of people, I'm strawmanning a little bit, but a fair amount of people in FMUDA were like, actually, this is a very intelligent thing and totally no, normal. And I, I was like, this is not normal. You could argue, you can make the football case for it, absolutely. Like, especially if you can, you could argue, well, they want to trade him. This now they have the ability. He has a you know, a, he has some say over that. But at least at this point, we can get something in return. He's going to make some money. You can get that. But I just think it creates weirdness. Um, that said, I, I'm not out on the Niners like you. I still think they're a playoff team. Uh, there's so few weaknesses. I mean, interior offensive line is really the only weakness on this offense, aside from I. So I would throw one more. I And Kittle's already hurt, by the way. I don't know if you saw it, but he's having a groin issue already. All of a sudden, he's not, not nice. definite for week one. Kittle and Debo, to me, scare me from a health standpoint. Kiddo because he never stays on the field. Debo because wh- however they use him feels like the most dangerous usage of a guy in the entire league where he just takes hmm. three to four monster hits a game. He's either going over the middle this or is- running him in. And I just feel like that guy takes a, a ton of damage. I, That's why he wanted that contract. I do think a lot of that was Garoppolo. Can't, I don't know if you remember. In- Maybe. In the one of the playoffs, it, maybe it was the Packers game. He the led announcers, him into, yeah. yeah, the announcers were like, "People are too hard on Jimmy Garoppolo." And literally, right as they said that, he threw a hospital ball. To, <laughs> it was literally the exact same time to Debo Samuel. Um, I hear you. I, I I think he's gonna carry the ball less. I think Ayuk's gonna has the potential to flourish because Lance can actually you know push the ball downfield yeah. outside the numbers. Whereas Ke- Debo, a lot of his game is getting those yards after the catch. And and I know I'm. I say Garoppolo set him up for injury. He also threw a really catchable ball over the middle of the field and yeah. set up some of those, some of those balls. I don't know. I'm wouldn't still, you, I, I'm still really. Wouldn't high you, wouldn't you say Lance and Tua are the two wild card guys for the playoff picture? Like if Tua and I do mm. not believe this will happen, but if Tua <laughs> was suddenly really good this year, then the Miami ceiling looks completely different. And same thing for Lance. Lance in even a more substantial mm. way because that team arguably could have won the Super Bowl last year. But the, I think those are the two wild card guys for me. Right, where it's like if the quarterback takes a leap, the team should be. I think that's fair. Yeah, I'm thinking. Like if Trevor Lawrence takes a leap, it's not ultimately going to matter. They'll just go eight right. and nine or nine and eight or seven and ten, whatever. It's not the same thing. But if Lamar plays like he did in 2019, that's mm. a Super Bowl winner to me. I I, I love that team. And I already think they're a playoff team. I'm just saying that, that, but it's different from what you're describing, which is like, okay, can you get from like 20 or 25 to 10 to 15? Lamar, it's like, can you get from, you know, 10 to top three or whatever? But that would be the difference for me. But but I I just think it has the potential to change the entire season. Oh, no, no, no. But why are we leaving out the most obvious one? Jalen Hurts. No, we're not. (laughs) We're, we're, We're fine with Jalen Hurts. We didn't leave anything out there. <laughs> We're good. Wait, who'd you mention just before that? I'm blanking. Well, Lamar. No, I was saying like yeah, Lamar. So but that, pe- that's that's great to elite I'm, is what I'm saying. I'm penciling Lamar in for an awesome season. 
his MVP odds were 20 to one. I thought that was like, mm-hmm. I usually don't bet on the MVP cause I, I just never win it. But, um, like he, Herbert was, I think eight to one and Lamar was 20 to one. And that made no sense to me. He should be right there in the burrow. Yeah. Cause great, great if Baltimore's team. awesome, it will be because yeah. of Lamar, which is how we, you win the MVP. Well, know. yeah, or, or and because of their great defense, but nobody will care about right. that. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let, let's just one more game I want to talk about, and that's yeah. Arizona, Kansas City. Wait, can we say one more Lamar thing? Uh, the sure. contract thing's just super weird. I hate like he it. Said, he said he's giving them a deadline of Friday. What does that mean? It is going to, first of all, that's just you sign a contract at some point during the season, whatever. It the, it is going to make every Ravens game so stressful for me personally. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like distractions. I don't like when quarterbacks leave in mid-August for 10 days. I don't like when quarterbacks say on the Friday before week one, <laughs> this is my deadline for a new contract. I like stability for my quarterback. I want my quarterback to just be... Uh- the I don't think ship it's, that's just going through the ocean. I don't think it's going to affect his play. I'm not. It doesn't concern me at all. It only interpret. It's it, going to affect the Ravens. It concerns me. Nah, yeah, they're fine. I think I don't, I don't like distractions. I don't like distractions with football. This is why Tim Tebow couldn't be a backup quarterback. <laughs> Nobody wanted him in the locker room around the team. They didn't want the media scrum uh, that came with it. Oh my gosh. Um, Kyler Murray. Last game, Arizona. Speaking of, speaking of distractions. Oh my god. Um, so I'm Ugh. I'm higher on Kyler, I think, than you, maybe, probably. I just need more time from the playoff loss. Yeah. I just need more time to regroup from it. It was one of the worst performances I've seen from a good player. And I didn't like his body language. I didn't like how the team quit. They looked completely unprepared. The interception pick six that he just threw right to a guy in his own end zone was one of the weirdest plays by a good player. Of the last five years, and you know, no Hopkins. It was, the first it, six it, weeks. It, was I'm out. it was it was a franchise wide meltdown. I say franchise wide because I it think was. the general manager is responsible for a lot of the issues there. Fair. Uh, congrats on the extension, though. Um, so, I think Arizona, like, in order to be competitive without Hopkins, that's kind of the question, right? For you, Kyler has to play like he did in the first half of last season. Um, and I think I question whether that's feasible with the skill players that they have. Like, I actually think this offense, when Hopkins is back, has the potential to be extremely good with Hollywood Brown as a number two. Um, I think the run game can be fine. I, I liked the drafting of Trey McBride. I'll be curious to see early on if they have both him and Ertz on the field a fair amount to cover up for some of the issues at wide receiver. They got to mm. figure out what to do with Rondell Moore. It's something that didn't happen last season. And I'll say this, I think they've got a good shot of doing those things against a Chiefs defense that has a lot of question marks and is really counting on rookies. I like the Chiefs defense more than you. Really? Yeah. I like the Chiefs, buying, to, to be clear. I, I'm, I think the that's Chiefs... That's my Super Bowl pick. I'm buying the Frank Clark comeback. Mm-hmm. I like the two rookies they got. My guy Chris Jones is there. I think they have enough. They're fine. Why, did, why didn't the Patriots take McDuffie at 21? He was Why did such, we do he anything? Was literally the most obvious choice. To I know. Me I don't know what that. And the, the trade out of there is with the competitor. But you mentioned it. defense. What's good about the Cardinals' defense? Honestly, what's good about it? It's what a players do you like? I have on my list. I have Buda Baker as like Buda their Baker. only elite or elite or almost elite guy on defense. They've missed on picks. 
Yeah. They I I just the Simmons well, Zayvon Collins combo were supposed to be that was supposed to be the backbone of their team and the, we don't even know if those guys are going to be impact players. It doesn't so I seem th- like Collins is even going to be a starter. I think we're going to Oh, I think you know he I think he's well, going to start. Well, he'll start this year. Yeah, but you this know what year. I mean? No, like no, down no, the road. I don't know if They didn't play in the playoff game. Neither of those guys yeah. played, which is not what you want out of first round draft picks. I think Seems we're going to see very early on meaning like this week if this defense is going to have any shot because all offseason, we've heard, okay, they, they, Jordan Hicks is out. We trust Dave and Collins to be, um, you know, the, the middle linebacker. We trust I, – I, we figured out Isaiah Simmons' role finally. He's going to be, you know, more of that sort of nickelback-type role, sort of hybrid role that he played in college. We've got that. And we have a healthy J.J. Watt. Oh, I'm not saying it's a it. good defense. Come on. <laughs> week one. Healthy J.J. Watt. He's, He's six games a year. Come on. He, doesn't, he can't play a full season. That's ridiculous. He, he was good last year before he got hurt. Oh, but yeah, which is the last five years of J.J. Watt. He's I, never healthy. I, I want to be clear. I think the Chiefs are going to roll them. I'm. I so, just think they're. De- I think the Arizona's defense is terrible, and I think they're terrible. And I just, I think they're going to be bad. I don't like how bad. Like six. Like, like I think six and eleven, five and twelve level bad. I don't know if I'm quite there. Look at their there. first six games. How about this? Kansas City, at Las Vegas, um, home for the Rams, at Carolina, who I think is going to be good, home Philly, at Seattle, home New Orleans, at Minnesota. That's their first eight games. Have I told you my That's conspiracy theory? Nerve-wracking. Cliff Kingsbury? That, that he's an alien? That he's secretly happy they don't have Hopkins the first six games because now they'll finally look better in the second half of the season. <laughs> Finish strong. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, I the Hopkins thing screwed up a lot of keeper leagues too, because you just get the guy at a discount because he's not going to yeah. play for six games, and then a year from now. But who? Know, how many great elite Hopkins years do we have left? Because the I, he, tall physical receivers, like they usually don't age. Awesome. I think he's still very good. I think his hands and running ability and instincts, and it's like aware, just the way. He uses his leverage. I, I think he's still going to be good. And I think, by the way, okay. the fact that he's missing six games probably is going to help him in the second half of the season. But, um, yeah, I, I, I know I, I expressed some skepticism about the Chiefs' defense, but I have, and I've said this on, like, 20 shows this week, I have no concerns about the Chiefs' offense. None. Zero. How about this? I have no concerns about the Chiefs. So you got Chiefs over They're Bills. They're the safest bet. I have Chiefs over Packers. No, no, no. But why do you have the Chiefs over the Bills coming out of the AFC? That's what I want to Because I think the Chiefs are better. I think they have more talent. And I don't, I've, I've said this, and then it sounds like it's personal, and it's really not. I just think the Bills are a little overvalued. And then people talk about, like, how awesome their defense is. Was their defense awesome, or did they just go against a bunch of crap quarterbacks last year? And then when they had to actually stop a real offense, they got torpedoed by the Chiefs. Like, I don't know. How often, how... How awesome is their defense? They I did, think it's solid. They did benefit from going against bad quarterbacks, but the metrics that account for those things still like them as well. Like, Fine. you know, DVOA that accounts for. And I think the Von Miller addition is going to unlock the rest of that front. I think Ed Oliver is going to have a big year. I'm excited about him. I, I don't know. Mm. I, 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 I hear you on the overrated thing. Like, I, I think it's, I know I say this as someone who picked the Bills. The notion that they're a consensus pick coming out of a conference that stacked is not logical. Like, we, there should be more 
skepticism because of the level of competition on that side of the league. Agree. But I also picked the Bills, so I'm a huge hypocrite. I don't know. All right. Why do people just gloss over the fact that they completely blew that Chiefs game too? Like that, I just feel like that has to factor in at least a little bit. They couldn't get it done last year, so why would they get it done this year? What's different? It just felt like a weird meltdown of sorts. I don't know. And also they added Von Miller, who was who you talk about, like if that's the last thing we saw of the Chiefs, the last thing we saw of Von Miller was him looking like one of the best pass rushers on earth in the playoffs. I don't necessarily think that's who he's going to be over the course of the entire season, but he's like a closer. That's why, I mean, you know? he, he, he got paid. <laughs> He looked awesome. Second half of last year, playing for a new contract, and then he got the contract. Sorry, I'm a cynical guy. <laughs> okay. Speaking of cynicism, let's wrap. Five questions. Yeah. Four from yeah. me, one from Lee. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? Dinks and Dunks is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I'm just going to okay. ask you for picks for some other games. I already know what you're going to say with this one, Panthers-Browns. Yeah, Panthers. Or Browns-Panthers. Um, you're really high on the Panthers. Not really high on the Panthers. I okay. just That is who I've adopted as my sleeper. But I do think if... For as long as we know McCaffrey is 100%. And I I did a thing when, when I did my sleeper thing yesterday. I don't think people understood how bad their quarterbacks were last year. Yeah. Really they had bad. 14 touchdowns and 37 really turnovers. But, and Cam Newton came in and went 0 for 5. And now that Baker Mayfield, who everyone loves to pile on, but he's competent. He, B- Baker Mayfield, I've said this here, he had better production just, just about any metric last year than Sam Darnold, and he was playing with a barbacoa shoulder. Like, right. it's, it's, of course he's going to be better, you know? And I like their skill players. I just, we'll see. I don't know. There, I saw a funny, I think it was, it was on Panthers.com, there was an article like, Baker Mayfield's ignoring the noise. He is selling T-shirts that say, like, I know. I'm off the leash. <laughs> like, what are we doing? I, like, I don't want, we don't have to pretend like he's not that guy. He's that guy, and, and it's going to be great television if, it works out for he's, him this week. He will carry himself like that guy, even though he's not that guy, which is what I think is the best mm. and worst thing about him. But they they fit the profile. Like they play a bunch of bad quarterbacks, and those are the kind of things when somebody stumbles into a ten and seven or an eleven and six, and we're trying to figure out how it happened. The schedule and the bad quarterback luck of the schedule, where it's like you played Minnesota during the week, Kirk Cousins was hurt, and. Kellen Mond, oh, he's not even on the team anymore, whoever their backup is now. But you need a couple of those. If you can play nine bad quarterbacks out of 17, you're probably going to 10 and 7. They might have a chance. Saints-Falcons. Yeah, that to me, that's a stay away. I don't, like, the NFC South scares me in general. Weird stuff happens, and... I'm scared of Mariota. I think it's from when House and this I got why I, destroyed. This is why I, I knew you were going to say that. And this is why I'm I scared of him. <laughs> I, I, I think he's scary to bet against. 
that playoff game when he when he ruined the Chiefs and it was he was doing stuff yeah. and it made me nervous. And I I don't know. I think you can build a weird funky offense around him and Patterson and Pitts and London it, and yeah, and they got has, a really good field goal kicker. Like I can see them hanging around. <laughs> the defense. Our guy Koo. It's so bad. See, <laughs> it's such I, a bad defense. It's bad. Um, but the I line, you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I did, I did feel stay away feelings because of the line. Um, stay away. Okay. Okay. Well, here's one I actually think is another one that could get a little weird. Giants Titans. Yeah. So I actually have feelings about this one because the Titans are one of my teams. I just want to go against for the first few weeks, even if it means taking the Giants in this one. I don't see the Titans thing at all. Like at all. Every year there's one team that was good the year before that just stinks the next year. And we pretend to be surprised for like five weeks. I will not be surprised if the Titans stink. The Giants defense. I, I'm bad. just saying the exact same thing. I don't I feel good about, about it. There's a reason they're six point underdogs. <sighs> I think the Giants offense could be weirdly effective, especially with the Titans. I actually was a believer in the Titans defense, but then when Landry went down, I just got really nervous. He's such a young secondary. I think, well, I think they're going to win this Well, game, how about Derrick Henry? The the curse of 370, the Aaron Schatz, like, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago they came up with that. Yeah. It's the most reliable yeah. theory in sports. I don't know what to expect from Henry. I have him in my dynasty league, and I'm not not feeling great about it. Okay, Steelers Yikes. Bengals. This is this is the one that makes me the most nervous. Really good game, and yeah. I really want I really wanted to pick the Steelers as my seventh AFC team for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I I tried to maneuver it every which way I could, and the offensive line is just too lousy. I just couldn't get there. But this has all the makings. I mean, that the line is ludicrous. They're six and a half point underdogs at home, and it's just. It's it's a lot of respect to the Bengals, who is one of my teams, but it makes me nervous. I just feel like this is that's a division game. Steelers, Bengals, it's never easy. I don't know. They'll have some secret plays for Trubisky. Don't couldn't you see this will be a fourth quarter game, don't you think? They'll have a couple of rollout plays for Mitch that he just knows, like, all right, I run four steps and then I throw to the wide open tight end. And that's what I will do on this play. I think your takes are too hot for this podcast. Something I've realized. Hotter than Ruiz? Has Ruiz been on this podcast? That's true. You're you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like Ruiz late. Um, Ruiz said Ruiz did a quarterback rankings. Who did he put Geno Smith over? Over to uh, that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was that another one. That like was like mad. Th- oh, you're I mean, not a, you're not afraid of two and on at all. I didn't disagree. I Listen, there's a small group of people in this universe who believe that if Geno Smith didn't get punched by his teammate, there might have been the last seven years might have looked different in the football landscape. And I'm happy to be a member of it. By the way, I'm not previewing that game because I'm going to react to it on Tuesday with Dominique Foxworth. If you are okay. into masochisms, the thing, well, you're not doing it, whatever. If you want to hear someone just relive the worst night of their life tune in next tuesday because i suspect it's gonna it's not gonna go well for for your girl oh and uh the monday nighter monday nighter well did they have to put out the 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 russell wilson hit piece like four (laughs) days before the game that stuff's supposed to go out in july don't they know how to play the game yeah we thought his athleticism was deteriorating piece that couldn't have come out in june 
Do you agree with that? Of course I do. You know I do. I've texted you about this. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't run anymore. Yeah, it won't matter. <laughs> it won't matter in this one. I'm um, pretty comfortable against a five foot ten pocket passer, just long term. And what made him special was his the way he moved, and he just didn't move like that last year. So if he made a business decision to save his body, that's one thing. But my eyes saw a guy <laughs> who did not move around and do the things that made him special and made him Russell Wilson. This is my concern about Bryce Young. Not that he's not going to be great, but that the Seahawks won't draft him because of the they don't want Russell Wilson 2.0 because of the size thing, which bums me out because I love Bryce Young. The Wilson thing definitely got weird in a way that we were all watching it get weird and we knew it was weird, but nobody really wanted to fully say it was weird, but everybody really knew it was weird. And then that article just cemented that it was weird for four years. It's pretty unusual for, I think, a quarterback for like so many of his former teammates. I think that that was something at the time when it was happening, like there was always like weird little shade from like Sherman and some of the other Seahawks defense, you know, and, and, I don't know. People never really knew what to make of it, but I think. Um, yeah, it was way beyond. You always hear football teams. There's an offense and a defense. And sometimes those units don't totally get along. The Seahawks stuff, when they thought Carroll gave it to Wilson for the winning touchdown instead of Marshawn because yeah. that, not, it's just and stupid. they seem like they, but they seem like they really thought that, which and was it, super it's weird. It's not, and it you, it doesn't make football sense at all. But yeah, no. whatever. We don't have to get into that. All right, last question. As always, no, comes I, from I Lenny. was so excited to talk about that Super Bowl. Go ahead. <laughs> um, was... <laughs> well, speaking of your team, Lenny, yeah, is a podcast listener. Listens to your show, July eighth, two thousand twenty-two. Quote: Bill Simmons, Mac Jones, MVP feeling good just wants to check how you're feeling about that now two months yeah, that, later i've i've moved off that one you've already walked it back yeah i've walked it back all you're, you're out i have a question for lenny from my dog murph <laughs> i don't know if lenny's accepting questions he doesn't use murph murph pulled off something impossible um monday morning he pooped in our bathroom and then in the morning came down into my wife's office and double dumped in there. He hit two rooms in the span of four hours. And I honestly thought either I was going to get divorced or my wife was just going to move out. And I just want to know from Lenny's standpoint, has he ever heard of it? Like in the dog community, has he ever heard of a double poop? Lenny thinks that you need to uh, maybe bring in a defensive coordinator or something because it doesn't sound like there's a lot of discipline in the Simmons house. There's a lot of discipline but Murph might be going away for three weeks. That might be where this is leading. Those places you hear about where you have to send your dog away and it's super expensive. I, I don't know what's going on. It's been a rough run. Pandemic puppies. I don't know if you've read, a, read or heard about the pandemic puppies, but uh, it's it's rough. Oh, there you They're go. They're a little weird, a little off. They're very needy. All right, Bill, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Nina, Lenny, thanks for having me.